Ladies and gentlemen, this is End of Regulation, back for another week of sports and entertainment, and much, much more. This week, we break down everything that you need to know and everything that you've missed. Episode 60, Erecting Fight Island and Championship Weekend. Here to break everything you missed, what to look forward to, bets and predictions, I'm pleased to be joined by the best in the biz. Live in Richmond, Dr. Wells, how we do I'm good. I, I like that. Erecting Fight Island. I don't really follow the. Uh, you'll see an adverb. You'll, you'll see how it all plays out down well, the road. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. Conor McGregor fighting this weekend has me erecting a little something else, and Look, I'm ready for it. It's it's a double, maybe triple, maybe quadruple entendre. So stay uh, stay on board for the rest of the ride. But I'm here. live live from the swamp. Also joining us, Harry Douglas. How we doing, kid? We are good, Gardner. Me and you both taking taking it from the swamp, man. I like it. You know, we're only a couple minutes. This is the closest two people on this podcast have ever recorded next yeah. to each other. Back, the, the closest. Um, everything's stayed. good, man. Pretty we got wild. a lot. Of, we got a lot of stuff coming up. A little golf Harry. this weekend. A little Harry. fighting this weekend. A little football Harry. this weekend. Eric, the NHL is back, kid. The Rangers suck. But but it's 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 okay because Chell is back. I know, it's I know. great. Except down here in Florida, you really don't get any NHL. It, it's really fucked up. I know the Panthers game's on, on right television. now. They're playing yeah. the Hawks. It's uh, not not a bad little matchup. Um, all right, well let's go ahead and kick things off. Get through it tonight. Second down and seven. Mahomes, Watkins, what a throw! Now you like it is your bless. Your bless that I chose you. Tiger completes one of the greatest comebacks in Masters history. One of the greatest comebacks in sports history. Uh, for the record, we did record once, Gardner and I, in my apartment. So, uh, oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Got, gotcha, bitch. You know what, Tom? Keep it to yourself. Scratchers. All right. All right, ladies and gents, as we mentioned, we're going to tune you into everything you missed, everything you need to know, bets, predictions, our agenda tonight. We've got some great banner to get the wheels warm per usual. We're going to talk NFL, where Deshaun Watson might end up, championship weekend, preview, picks, predictions, and much more. And then we'll wrap things up with some UFC. So why don't we go ahead and just kick it off with some banner. Tom brought this to my attention. Didn't think much of it, but then looked into it a little bit and found it to be quite an interesting question. What are things that you all feel are illegal when you're doing them, but are not illegal? Now, I've jotted, I've jotted down some bullet points for conversation piece, but I want to hear from you guys first what you think. Well, one that you had brought up that, for whatever reason, <laughs> was was removed from some of the conversation pieces, I guess. Uh, and I do this to a fault. I, I really do. It's it's a bad habit. Need to cut it out. But it does feel illegal is when I'm sitting next to someone and their phone lights up because of a notification or a text message. And I just I cannot help myself, but just yeah. look over at <laughs> I can't. It's, it's truly a really unbecoming characteristic, but. 
I'll tell you what, man. Like, for some reason, that fucking thing lights up, and I'm my eyes are darting to, to that phone. I mean, I'm pretty sure there is science behind it. Like, there's a psychology behind we, it. We're literally, we're literally moss. Yeah, we've done, they've done this to us. But uh, it's funny that you bring that up, Harrison, because I had that on there, but I took it off the dock because it, it's something I believe everyone does, but no one wants to confront it because you kind of come off as a creep. You know, it's like you kind of you get caught in the moment. You're like, oh, sorry. Like, yeah, I totally was just checking out your phone. It's one thing. Okay, it's one thing if it's like just the home screen is a notification popping up. It's a whole nother ball game when you're like just looking at a full, full on conversation that doesn't involve you, which we've all done, which of course, of course, I mean, <laughs> Multiple sometimes times. it's more like it's living more vicariously than other times. But like, imagine if you're on like a date with a girl that like you maybe it was like a first, second date, something like that. And you just like happen to like peer over as she's having a conversation. That'd be like the most intrusive shit of all time. Yeah. But if it's like one of your boys and you're like sitting on the couch watching football, you know, you maybe certainly, you maybe certainly aren't getting a, a second ball. date. No, certainly. Like no, fuck no. Um, one that I that I thought was really, really funny is uh, renting a 28-foot U-Haul. Like, every time I've ever been behind a U-Haul, I feel as if I've stolen it, I'm in a heist, or I am... I mean, there's no reason any human being, pedestrian, that does not have a driver's or a, uh, a trucker's license should operate one of those things. I mean, they are truly danger to society. I can I can agree to that. I've had to drive one, a 28-foot one around the city of Richmond multiple times. Um, and it not only is the hardest thing in the world to maneuver in general, but in a city environment. It should be illegal to drive in a city environment because it's just too damn big. Yeah, and like Tom hey, drives Tom. a moped usually, so th- like that's got to be super hard for you. Hey Tom, where'd you hide the bodies? <laughs> yeah, what bodies, Harrison? <laughs> uh, I agree. I mean, I always think like this is stupid as fuck, but whenever I see U-Haul driving, I just think about Frank Reynolds. When they're when they get in the back of the U-Haul and there's just a chair and they decide, they decide it's like the coolest thing on earth to be able to have like a little setup in the back of the U-Haul. I oh, used to think about U-Hauls and now for whatever reason I just think about all these cities that were just throwing dead bodies in the back of U-Hauls. <laughs> I hope that's not the case, but um, Talk, so I mean they say that no publicity is bad publicity. I don't know if I'd agree. Uh, in this regard but go U-Haul dude also similar to one of the ones that that you mentioned you know when when a cop's behind you yes so like you obviously feel like you're doing something wrong every ten time. time 10 times out of 10 how about when you're tailing a cop like when you're behind the cop <laughs> doesn't that feel a little naughty it's it's feel- almost worse <laughs> it feels a little fucked up <laughs> i gotta tell you when i all my commutes on 95 there have been a plethora of times where I've driven alongside of a cop and the guys and we're just going back and forth and I'm kind of thinking to myself, I'm like, is this guy just baiting me? And then I'm, you know, he's just going to hit the brakes and then slant, you know, pull me over. And then I just wait and see if they take off. And then you got a free ride, man. You're free cruising. Dude, that's, that is the best. Also, it's funny on 95 cruising when you see like a huge mass of cars like after like a while of kind of driving like freely 
And then you're like, what the fuck's going on? Like, what the hell's all, you know, what, what's, what's all this about? And then you get up towards the front and you see a cop just at the front of the pack and no <laughs> one wants to pass him. And it's literally like a fucking pace car in a NASCAR, in a NASCAR <laughs> yeah. race. <laughs> I, I, fall, I fall on the line every time when that happens. Oh, yeah. I, will never, I will never be the one to do that. Dude, you, I, listen, I totally fall victim to that as well. But the, I see people in 95 that give a rat's ass are doing a hundred pass cops and they're like screw the pace car i gotta race the win all right, dude, the, 95 uh, is the scariest place to drive on on especially down in florida honor. it's it's the american autobahn yeah <laughs> on, on the uh on the note of just things that are illegal while driving or feel illegal but aren't uh this came to me just today i pulled into a gas station and i pulled up to park at the pump but I wasn't getting gas. I just used the pump spot as a parking lot. Oh, and naughty, naughty time. I, I, I kind of felt bad about it, and it kind of just dawned on me that, like, this should be illegal. Dude, you want to know something kind of crazy? This is a, this is actually illegal. Uh, my mom told me the other day that some woman that she didn't know her personally, but someone at her work knew her, was pumping gas and was standing at the gas pump, and a guy came up to the other side of the car broke her her driver's side window and went in and grabbed her purse while she was standing at her car jeez that I is mean, pretty illegal it's covid <laughs> man people give zero fucks yeah i mean i would be like stunned i'd be like uh like what do you, you know especially if you're an older woman like i i find that you'd probably be pretty fucking helpless in that situation was this in florida yeah of course where else sounds sounds right she does have her right to bear arms <laughs> i know she should have just gotten a little taser gun. Um, oh, right. Well, <clears throat> let's move on. Uh, I wanted to do a little Take Me Back Tuesday. It's a run on Throwback Thursdays. Uh, trips to the dentist were always traumatizing. But what really stands out and provides PTSD is the fluoride. And I don't know if you guys remember this. I don't even know if they do this at the dentist anymore. I think it's specific to kids. Um, but they put that shit on your mouth, or on your teeth, I should say, the fluoride, that is. And you couldn't swallow it. You had to keep it on your mouth, you know, your teeth for a little bit. And the flavors were always like grape and cotton candy and apple cinnamon. And I bring this up because I was listening to King and the Sting today, and they were discussing this. And my question to you guys is, would you go straight for the wacky wild shit, that being like the cotton candies, or did you go straight mint? I always went with the, I think it was bubblegum flavored, but it, I mean, it didn't matter. That shit was so gross. If I, I vividly remember this now that you say it, like it was in this like foam, you like almost mouth guard looking thing. Yeah. I can taste it. I can feel it, dude. I remember just being like a, a helpless like seven-year-old kid and it was just like all accumulating in the back of my mouth and i started gagging like i'm and fucking they're like don't swallow porn star in a gangbang couldn't help myself out. like wh- it was what do you awful mean, don't swallow it you're putting this stuff in my mouth like what? it was i mean there had there has to be a better way now or there has to be it, it, i mean it's it's child abuse it, it, yeah. it, it's on the line of child abuse. I've, I've always, I've always thought, or more recently, I should say, that dentistry has had the least amount of like innovation over the past hundred years than any other form of, of medicine. 
Like, like uh, we still we still use toothbrushes that the same style of toothbrushes that people used in the fucking 1940s. Hey man, I got a Sonicare thing rips. Dude, I saw this. I got I was getting targeted ads from this like mouth guard looking toothbrush that had like bristles throughout it on the top and bottom, and you just turn and you can just stick it in your mouth and you don't. It's hands free, and it just vibrates, and it looks fucking sick. Pretty wild. I, I can't get. I can't bring myself to actually get it though. And I, I, for no good particular reason, but if you want a smile that's clean and supreme, use Listerine, man, we should get sponsored. All right. Um, let's, uh, talk about a little bit of a master debaters topic. Um, Jesus, the tarps or the little paper sheets that, that they have in public restrooms. Do you guys use those or not? No, never have. <laughs> never have? No, but so. it, it, let's, let's, this could get a little graphic, but. Um, you want to talk very, about a lack of innovation? That right there is a lack of innovation. That's, that's true, but it's really dependent on the, on the bathroom. If it's like a, a, a airport bathroom or a gas station bathroom, I'm probably doing the air squat. If it's like a restaurant bathroom of like a pretty nice restaurant, I feel pretty comfortable. If it's any bathroom that's not my house, it's an air squat. My I, my problem with it. Sorry, go ahead, Jake. No, 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 please. My problem with it is I feel dirtier trying to put that thing on the toilet seat than I do like actually using it. Agreed. Lack Great of innovation. Furthermore, the, it's always like uh, you know stuck. It's like kind of stuck together, so you gotta like rip, and then you don't really understand. Do you put the flap side like down where your junk is, or back side, you know, where you're doing the do? And nonetheless, it's now like getting on the paper. God you know? forbid it gets wet and it starts sticking to the seat. I will say the number one thing <laughs> I, in public bathrooms is I try to touch as few fucking things as possible. It's yeah, like, rule, like I my, mean, rule number one. Yeah, it's like I'm playing a game bathroom. that no one else is playing, where I just try to touch as little things as possible i just don't use it. I, <laughs> I like just, it i just Open go in the my... door with like your elbows and shit <laughs> i go to i go I'll to the bathroom my in my sometimes. pants i just public restrooms are uh literally a petri dish it is just filled if you turned a black light on in one of those things oh sweet jesus <laughs> no thanks all right let's get into uh some more serious <laughs> topics here uh as promised we were going to discuss the nfl Major topic that's been running through every sports outlet, social media, yada, yada, is Deshaun Watson. Where will he be playing next year if he does not return to the Texans? Want to hear from you guys what your thoughts are. I'll throw out some random odds here quickly. And then we can discuss, in theory, where we think he will end up with some logic. So the New York Jets are at plus 400. The Dolphins are at plus 500. 49ers are at plus 1,400. And the Saints are at plus 5,000. Um, I, would, I just want to say, first and foremost, fuck Houston, man. Like, talk about a franchise that has just done nothing to help this guy out. Trading DeAndre Hopkins because Bill O'Brien had an issue with him. Going and getting David Johnson in that same trade. After David Johnson had one good rookie year, it has not been shit since. Granted, he did finish the year fairly well. 
Um, but they just have done absolutely jack shit to help this guy out. Uh, getting Brandon Cooks after he had a dog shit year in, in, in Los Angeles. Dog shit couple of years. Um, and so I'm not surprised that it's come down to this. I, I'm, you know, I think it was just a matter of time, especially like he's essentially he's been one of the best quarterbacks statistically over the past four or five years. And that's with a team that is is brutal on paper, especially compared to, to other you know, contenders in the NFL. Um, with that said, I think the, to that same point, do I think he'll go to the Jets? I think going to the Jets is very much a lateral move and on his part in terms of going to a team that has places or excuse me, pieces in place to win. Cause I don't, I don't think the Jets have shit either. Um, especially from an offensive standpoint. I mean, they're starting running back is Frank Gore, who's 38 years old and has played more NFL games than any other running back in the history of the NFL. And then on top of that, they've got no wide receivers and, and their offensive line is, is average at best. Um, I think Miami makes a lot of sense. That's, uh, that's kind of my, that's my horse I'm taking for, for where he'll end up next year. They have the, the, the picks to trade. They've got some other pieces that they can trade off, namely Tua. Um, and it gives, yeah, them I mean, a team to, it gives them a team to go to where, where, you know, he can be a contender in that division, you know, right away. Just to piggyback off you, Harrison, there's obviously been a bunch of controversy, <clears throat> so to say, surrounding Tua and teammates doubting his abilities. So I think if there's any time for them to make this trade and actually benefit from it, this would probably be it. <clears throat> Miami, you know, surprised us all this year. Granted, their division is a mess, but uh, he would fit pretty well in Miami. But I also, pending, well, you know what? Actually, scratch that. I completely forgot about Jameis. I was going to say, with Breeze walking out the door, the Saints have a pretty good freaking team for him to come in. But, uh, you know, they'll probably stick with Jameis. I don't know. I mean, I think Jameis is a good a good trading piece. Essentially, I mean, and if you're if you're lining them up one and one, do you want Deshaun Watson or do you want Jameis? Pretty pretty easy answer there, I think. And on you know, unfortunately for Jameis, he didn't really get to showcase himself this year as as much as he would have liked. But I think he held his own overall. So I I, I do like the Saints, but I I can't help I can't help but say it. I think Deshaun Watson is going to be a New England Patriot, and that's not the New England fan in me. It's not biased. I have plenty of good reason. Namely, we have the 15th pick in the draft this year. There's going to be plenty of quarterbacks to draft. We have uh, Stephon Gilmore, who is a, essentially a, our biggest trading piece right now, and it makes so much sense for the Patriots to dish Gilmore because of his contract and the fact that we have J.C. Jackson behind him who led the league in interceptions. Don't forget that. So I would like to see him go to the Pats. Um, but on this list here, I think um, one team that we're missing is the Jacksonville Jaguars and new head coach Urban Meyer, who has, you know, has been known to be a bit of a quarterback guru. And, you know, if you're starting a franchise, you know, you're starting your NFL coaching career from scratch here, I think it would be unbelievable for Urban Meyer to get Deshaun Watson they have the trading pieces. They have a wide receiver core, mainly revolving around DJ Chark, who I think just needs a quarterback. 
and uh, James Robinson yeah, they, in, the, in the backfield made himself. Can they really known. just rely on one receiver? I mean, they have other receivers, but that's I mean, there's no one that really stands out on that team. I think DJ Chark is an emerging star. He has some injury problems, but he's they, so. Uh, Keelan Cole's not bad. Yeah, I mean they're not perfect, but you add Deshaun Watson to that team. Um, you know, what are your, I, thought, what are your thoughts on the 49ers? And I only say this because I I truly think the misery and suffering and the missing piece in San Francisco is Jimmy Garoppolo. My my problem with the 49ers is that none of them can stay healthy. I think the 49ers are the most injury-riddled franchise over the last five years. And whether you look at Jimmy G or any of their— I think Mostert and Coleman were both hurt at, from a majority of this year. They and get and Kittle was hurt. Like the 49ers, I really think can get you know back to where they were last year as a Super Bowl contender, but they are just so riddled with injuries that I think just Deshaun Watson's not going to fix their problem. Yeah, I mean, you know, you bring up a valid point about New England. Um, however, you know, these two teams that we discussed, the Jets and the Dolphins, both have you know two first round picks. The Jets have a number two overall pick. You know, they have a new head coach plus Sam Darnold uh, that they can use, you know, in that package. Um, so, <clears throat> I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where he lands. I fear that he's going to get sucked back in to Houston. And the reason I say that is because everything we've just discussed would, if I were him would allow for me to believe that I'm kind of in a rut. I mean, he's he's kind of pressed against the wall right now in the sense that Houston's not going to pay him what he wants. He doesn't have the team that he needs. But these other teams that we've just discussed don't really either. I, I, I'd find all of them to be fairly equal in terms of their receiving core. But I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean... I guess I guess we'll we'll wait and see. If I was if I was a betting man, I would probably I don't, I, I don't see why the Dolphins are so high up on this list. I think everybody just needs to take a fucking chill pill here and let Tua bloom. <laughs> you know, I mean, the guy was in and out, in and out, benched multiple times in his first year, all in the midst of trying to make a playoff run. Like the the pressure on his shoulders was pretty enormous. And then I mean, the division wasn't great. Yeah, the Jets are awful. The Pats had an off year, but the Bills are in the AFC championship. So, I mean, we're talking about him having to play the Bills twice in, you know, among the you know, the rest of the schedule where I think they played the Steelers when the Steelers were good, uh, Kansas City. So I, I'm i not sold on Tua being outed yet. So as as the wheels know. keep we'll turning see. more, I, I actually think that the Saints would be the best place for him. I think he would, that would. That would be pretty sick. He would benefit the most from landing there, and the Saints would as well, if they were to use Jameis as a pawn, as you know, in this package. Um, but he's got the receiving core there. He's got the coaching there, and he'll be a lot more highly capable there than I, I think he would be on the Dolphins, the Jets. You know, the absolutely just abysmal Patriots just dissolving as we watch. 
We are uh, we are in a rebuild. It's okay. <laughs> Don't worry. The Giants well, have been in a rebuild for like ten years. You guys, um, uh, you guys want to talk about teams that are still actually playing? Yeah, hundred percent. Let's talk about the championship weekend. We've got some previews and uh, picks here. Let's uh, break down the NFC championship game first: Packers versus Bucks Sunday, three o five p.m. And I'm gonna bring up some information that. Uh, I believe is applicable. The location is Lambeau Field. The weather is predicted to be cloudy with snow showers, with a temperature of 29 degrees, low of 20. The reason I bring this up is because it's the Bucks. They play in Tampa. Granted, Tom Brady is used to the cold, um, but this is definitely something that will factor into the game, and I want to hear from you guys who you think will come out on top here. Oof. Harry, go go ahead so I can this, just annihilate you. This is so tough. Uh, um, this is a really good matchup. I, I wow. I, I it's really hard to even pick a team here. I mean, I know Bucks have have a, a really good, really good rush defense, which I think I feel like Aaron Jones hasn't been. All that great the past few weeks, um, you know, lead, even even leading into the playoffs. Uh, boy, I, I I'm gonna go with the Packers. I, I just think I know their defense isn't great. However, I do think fa- the the weather conditions will play a factor. I do like Devonte Adams has just been a freak show all year long, and and Aaron Rodgers is that dude right now like he's he's playing as good as any quarterback in the nfl um they'll have some fans there that'll help him out you know in some capacity and i'm gonna go with the packers here but this is a very very tough game to pick um and who knows i mean carlson davis has been playing out of his mind you know yeah man i'm still sticking with the packers though that's I like I like what I'm seeing out of Aaron Rodgers. He looks calm, cool, and collected, as usual, in Lambeau. And uh, what is Vegas saying? Right now, the Packers are a three-point favorite. So, typically, you know, you take into account the home field advantage. That's typically one to three points. So, on a neutral field, they're saying this game's about even. You know, I mean, you know where my loyalties lie. Tom Brady, baby. Tom Brady is the balls. That's all there's that's all that needs to be said. And as far as the weather conditions go, I'd like to reference a Patriots game from 2009 where Tom Brady threw six touchdown passes against the Titans. Uh, I really wish Shakes was here tonight just so I could rub this in his little fucking face again. But uh, I think people are blowing this weather thing up like, yeah, the Bucks play in but Florida, not every, but not everybody's Tom Brady, man. Not everybody's played that many seasons but, in New England. But Tom Brady is Tom Brady. Tom Brady, baby. I, I, I understand that. Need. But, like, I, you know, I'm talking about the rest of the receivers. And if it's snowing or sleeting, I mean, it's not. I mean. All right. The weather, the weather might affect the, the, the offense of the game. But the, I, I will say uh, I, th- I think this game is going to come down to how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense plays. Uh, and they have really they've been playing lights out for the last two months. Um, it, it, it's really been incredible. The emergence of Devin White at the linebacker position. 
uh, not only as a run stopper and one of the hardest hitters in the league, but he can drop back into coverage and run with the best of them. And I, I really think he's going to be the X factor, not only in the championship game, but in the Super Bowl. Yes, I'm predicting the Bucks to win this game. Uh, I just, I don't know. There's something. How much do you have the Bucks that. winning by? If I had to draw it up right now, I think it will be 27-21 Tampa Bay. Wow. I, I think a major X factor in this game, too, is Leonard Fournette. He seems to be catching a stride in a lot of ways. They do have that kind of running back by committee with Ronald Jones. Shady McCoy is a complete afterthought in that offense. Um, but Leonard Fournette, who... Is, has in terms of touches is is well behind previous seasons. I think that's a huge benefit to him uh, and the offense as a total and his ability to just have fresh legs and and just pound the rock. Um, eventually, that'll you know open up things for Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski. So the Bucks have a ton of weapons, man. It's just it's a really tough game. I'm sticking with the Packers. Um, but it's it's going to come down to the wire, that's for sure. I'd like to also highlight that the Bucks and Packers played in Week Six in Tampa Bay, and Brady and company dished out a 38 to 10 beatdown in a game where Aaron Rodgers was held to 160 yards with zero touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, I think, really, when I look at the Packers' schedule too, like who have the Packers played in the last two months? And you go down the list. Rams with a decrepit offense. Yeah, but playoff Bears. Aaron Rodgers is... We were just talking about this the other day. In 10 playoff games, he's 9-1, and one, and he's thrown zero interceptions. Look, we'll, we'll see. I'm sticking with my side. You're right. We, we, we will see. I'm, uh, I'm probably going to do a little money line sprinkle there. Depending on the value, let's see where the value is at. If it's anything over like 150, I'm definitely taking the money line because Harry, why can not? you be- Harry, can you believe this guy? I, I'm oh, it's surprised. 155. Give I'm it to me. I'm not surprised in the slightest. I think I think taking Bucks money line is a, is a great pick. Um, you also might want to hedge it in in some ways to, you know, either take them with the points as well or or even just flip-flop and take the Packers with the points um, or, or without the points, I should say. Um, Hedging is, is for scared little little gales. And scared money don't make money. <laughs> Tom, you're going to put like 10 bucks on it at, at plus 155, oh, right? I'll make 15. Scary. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk AFC Championship. Bills versus Chiefs, Sunday, 6.04 p.m., location Arrowhead Stadium. Cloudy with showers. Uh, they predict that it might drop below 30, um, and if it gets cold enough, you know, rain, sleet, all of that factors in as well. So my biggest question before we kick off who will win this game is do we believe with a seven-day concussion protocol that Mahomes will be cleared to play uh, and or suit up in general? Obviously, I, I get so- it. He's not going to miss this game, but like, yeah, I don't think there's any way in hell that Mahomes doesn't. I play guess in this my game. question more so is like, is he allowed to play if if he's not if he has not cleared concussion protocol? 
it's I I think the doctors are gonna blatantly lie if they want to keep their jobs. They'll lie if they have to. Like it's we're we're not talking about any player here. We're talking about the face of the NFL in his road to repeating as a Super Bowl champion at home. You're gonna tell him he can't play. Like they, it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't I don't think it's gonna be a big factor. I think it's being blown out of proportion. Uh, although, did you guys see him when he got up from when he yeah, was man, initially was concussed? It was scary. Dude, he legs, was on clouds. Noodles. So that, yeah, not great, but you know, five hundred million dollars, he can uh, he can get all the treatment he needs after the season's over. Yeah, and when he's retired. Uh, but yeah, I mean, on that note, uh, the line right now is at Kansas City minus three, which is interesting. But I love the Chiefs here. Three-point favorites at home against the Bills. I mean, yeah, Buffalo is a great story. And realistically, in my heart, I want them to win. But my brain here is telling me to take the Chiefs at home. Like I think the stage is just a little too big for Josh Allen. Uh, I would feel differently if the Bills kind of handled uh, the, the Ravens last week. But they only put up 17 points and... Seven of those were a ridiculous 100-yard pick six. So in, in my eyes, that's a 10-3 ball game last week in a game that the Bills should have handled them. I I don't see them going into Kansas City and and winning. I just, I just don't see it. they knew they were going to handle the Ravens, so they took their foot off the pedal a little bit, knowing that they were going into Arrowhead. Hey, I don't know about that. What do you think, Grimes? I'm riding the Bills, um, baby. I, I, it, this is another really good game that I think I think the Bills should be able to, to stick with it. Um, with that being said, I, I think, you know, like my X Factor in the previous game is, is Leonard Fournette. I think my X Factor in this game is going to be the defense of the, of the Kansas City Chiefs. So I'm really looking at like Tyron Matthew, who had a huge game last week. Um, I'm looking at him to, to kind of be a, a showstopper, playmaker. Um, making you know josh allen as uncomfortable as possible forcing turnovers you know whatever the case might be i think their ability to kind of stifle the bills pass offense will be the reason why kansas city wins this game um because as we know with mahomes playing i think it's fair to say that he will certainly not be 100 percent um i still think the chiefs offense will be able to to run as close to normal as, as it usually does I don't find the Bills D to be all that threatening to an offense like this with as many as many weapons as they have. So, um, yeah, it's really it's really up to. I mean, if he if he suits up, Josh Allen as uncomfortable as possible. If he suits up, they're gonna aim to make sure that he's back on back in that tent on the sidelines. Yeah, like I, I mean, I agree. I mean, like you said, he's not gonna be a hundred percent a fresh off a week off of a concussion like you said tom just absolute jello for legs getting up if he takes a hard hit you're looking at chad what's his name chad heaney the heiney chad hennessy baby <laughs> henny heiney whatever you want Henny, henny uh, no it's possible baby i i think that's a good point and i you know rather than pick a side here i'm very much leaning towards the under because i think you're right i think the chiefs know that they can win this game uh, and I don't think they're going to have to get into a shootout because I, I do think I agree with a lot with what Grimes was saying, that they can kind of stifle Josh Allen. I think that the Ravens exposed 
how to stop Josh Allen last week. And more importantly, it's going to give uh, it's going to give the Chiefs an opportunity to kind of control the clock in, in their favor by keeping Josh Allen off the field. And I don't think we're going to see as many points, especially with Mahomes not being 100 percent. Not only I, I think his his passing might be affected some, but I, I think they're going to run the ball a lot and try and you know, minimize the contact and the hits that Mahomes has to take. So my X factor in this game is going to be Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I, I really expect the Chiefs to try and run the ball and, uh, you know, just make it a rock fight and keep Mahomes protected in that sense. So my best bet for this game is going to be the under 50. I'm seeing 53 and a half right now, uh, which is an insane, stupid bet probably to take against two of the most high powered offenses in the league. But it just it just makes sense in my head for whatever reason. So, you know, I haven't I haven't doubted my instincts yet. I'm not going to start today. Fade the public, Tommy. Fade the public. Fade the public. Or it's to live by. Or die by. <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Well, I think that's all we got for the NFC AFC Championship, unless you have any last thoughts. I believe it's best if we move on here to... Is it UFC 275 or 257? 57. 57. Dyslexic. There we go. Um, all right, UFC 257. Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier, part two. Uh, Saturday, January 23rd, 2021. Fight Island. I don't know if you guys are aware, but if you listen to this podcast you understand that we've been discussing this for months. We are huge McGregor supporters. And we're here now to discuss this fight, what you should expect, and what to see in the future. So, gentlemen, I want to start off with saying when the matchup was first announced, McGregor opened as a minus 175 favorite. Just a few days away from the fight now, Odds makers have McGregor sitting between minus 275 to two to minus 340. Thoughts? Let's hear them. I think I think the line movement is everything you need to know. I've pretty much watched every interview that Connor's done over the past week, and I'm I gotta say, man, he looks he looks stronger than ever. Quite frankly, he looks like like a he looks like an action figure in a lot of ways, uh, and I, I don't think Poirier player. stands a chance. I don't think Poirier stands a chance. And I mean, fresher than ever, man. He's got his yeah. hair cut. He's wearing a million dollar watch. And yeah, I think I think you know Mystic Mac does what he does what he does, and I, I fully expect uh, him to to put out Poirier in sixty seconds. I mean. Like, how can you doubt this guy? I mean, he, yeah, he's confident and cocky every single time he's leading up to a fight. Um, but more times than not, he does exactly what he what he says. So I got. But to, got but to that point, Harry, he, you know, he's always been cocky and confident and, you know, arrogant uh, leading up to the fight. But I will say he I feel like he's more composed uh now and i feel like he really genuinely is looking to get that bear out of the cage and by bear i mean khabib and that's really what this whole discussion is about because dustin is 
a thing of the past. He's going to be dust on Saturday. And I, and I think that this is a good discussion piece, which is, is this really a, a show about for Khabib? Is this McGregor showing him that he is ready to fight Khabib at his best and put this argument to rest? Yeah, I think Connor still has a lot to do in terms of cementing his legacy. Yes, he's the only fighter to ever win a fight in three different weight classes. Yes, he's the only fighter to ever hold, well, was the first fighter. There's now been one other to hold a belt in two different divisions. But he still has a lot to do with his legacy, considering a lot of the off the outside of the cage antics, considering some of the bad losses he's had to Nate Diaz and Khabib. Um, but I think, you know, this is all part of his plan to, to get a few fights under his belt. You know, we saw Donald Cerrone. He made quick work of him. Dustin Poirier is next. He'll probably do one other fight. And then at the end of 2021 is going to be teed up for a comeback uh, rematch versus Khabib. My, my concern is that he is, as you've mentioned, and, and his fight against Cerrone can attest to it, He's better than ever. He said it in his interview. Khabib fought me at my worst that night. I fought him at his best. And I think he is on the trajectory to being the best uh, that he wants to be. But fighting Cerrone and fighting Dustin is is not going to get you ready for the undefeated champion who, who, who embarrassed you on, you know, a public stage. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's fair. I think, like, I uh, feel like these, these, they're just softballs at this point. Well, I, I think a lot of that is just Connor being Connor, where, like Grime said, nine times out of ten, out of ten, he, you know, he says something and then speaks it into existence, and that didn't happen, um, especially against Khabib. He got his ass kicked. Like, that's just, that's just what it is. And now, if I'm Khabib. Uh, you know, there was the, the story that came out about Khabib and Dana White meeting this week. And if I was if I had to guess that conversation went along the lines of, all right, if Connor wins, will you step back in? You'll take, you know, X amount of the profit. It'll probably be majority profit, which in a McGregor fight is unheard of. But that's really the only reason Khabib has to get into the ring with him again is to like Khabib really has nothing to gain from fighting Connor again. So it's going to be some ungodly number that the UFC has maybe never seen before if they are to step back in the ring. But quite frankly, I don't even think Khabib bites. Like, money is not enticing to him. It's about honor. What what Connor did to him and the way that they ended it in terms of him defeating him, uh, you know, why, if you were Khabib, would you come back? Like if you were undefeated and you were no. watching your well, literally your internal your you know your enemy getting back onto his feet and gaining his strength again, would you be like, you know what, let's hop back in for X amount of well, million dollars? The, the the biggest the biggest I guess counter argument to could be being the best MMA fighter of all time is the lack of title defenses that he's had. I think he's only defended his belt three times. You look at someone like John Jones, he's defended his belt like fucking 17, 18 times. So that's always, I think, the biggest counter argument to like his legacy is the lack of, you know, yes, he's undefeated. He's made it look pretty fucking easy. You know, a lot of people don't like the way he fights, um, but it's a part of the rules and he's allowed to do 
just what he does, which is kind of just dominate you on the ground and 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 wait for you to to get so exhausted that you just tap out. Um, but I think I don't even know if that's enough incentive for him to come back. Um, I think so. he's in the same boat as Connor, like you said. I, you know, I, he's got a lot more to do to cement his career. I, you know, I think people really see him as the great because he beat Connor and he's undefeated. But you know, to your point, has, you know, has he ever really challenged himself? Has he ever really been challenged by you know a true opponent? Who knows? But uh, I will, uh, I will, I will add this. Um, this recently just came out, like within the hour, and. Connor is being sued for millions of dollars by saw that. lady and her mother. So in 2000, from 2016 incident, right? Uh, yeah, whatever. 2016, 2018. I really haven't had a chance to look into it, but that's also something to keep an eye on. Uh, it could just be somebody coming out of the woodworks looking for traction right before his big payday. Who knows? Uh, I'm not going to speculate on this or that, but I really hope that this doesn't have an issue with Connor moving forward because, you know, he's out of his shell. He's ready to fight again. And this is when the UFC is at its best, when Connor McGregor is ready to kick ass. And the last thing I need or any of us need is for him to go back into hiding and keeping a low profile uh, because that's just not exciting. Like let's, let's be real. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, well, I am ecstatic nonetheless We'll keep you guys posted. Uh, we will be watching, so we will post to uh, our Instagram story to make sure you guys are well aware of how drunk all of us are on proper Irish whiskey. Proper but, 12, um, baby. Yeah, proper 12. But um, let's move on here and kind of tie all this together. We talked about things being erect because Fight Island is coming up and it's starring Conor McGregor. But there are other things that are erect out there in the news, um, and that's Jared Porter, the general manager of the Mets. He is in hot, hot water and has been fired uh, after being exposed for a 2016 thread of text messages where he sent explicit and unsolicited text messages to a female reporter. Now, I mentioned to Harrison before we got on, I was going to take this opportunity and my freedom of speech to viciously roast this dumb Neanderthal idiot piece of shit. This moron, for all those that don't know, sent messages complimenting a reporter, which then proceeded to asking her to meet up with him in certain cities, complimenting her looks, Asking if she had a boyfriend slash if she was married. Asking if she was mad at him and that's why she wasn't responding. And then he proceeds to send a bulge in his pants. Nudie pictures. A picture of a uh, of an erect penis. All of which he now has claimed are Google stock images as if it makes it better, moron. You put it in a text <laughs> message. You put <laughs> it in a terrible. text message thread, you idiot. And after he realized he fucked up, this guy began to plead for forgiveness, saying he's so sorry, please don't be mad at me, hammering the I'm sorry text like a absolute month. But unfortunately, it was too late to erect the problem. Uh, ha, ha. <laughs> or should I say correct? 
No, but but in all honesty, this guy is truly a moron. She provided plenty of red flags. He continued to pursue like a total pervert. And then to come out and be like, they were Google images? Well, my man, it doesn't really matter. You're a borderline stalker and perv. If you're if you have to Google dick pics to send to a girl, you have some serious underlying problems. Serious underlying problems. And and quite frankly, why blow your entire career? I mean, as Harrison was was mentioning before the call, he was a scout. He gets hired uh, or he, yeah, he's a scout, gets hired as the general manager. He he's responsible for a blockbuster trade to the Mets. It's like, my man, they made Snapchat for a reason. Yeah. You, and I think, you know, when this came out, it was, was what, what did you say, 2015, 2016? I think, I think it lines. was, that was, you know, cancel culture. Granted, like, he's very, very, this is a very easy, you know, case closed type of cancel culture. Yeah, cancel the shit like, out of this guy. Where, like, you know, you just can't. 62 times god you know and, and saying like if you're constantly saying i'm sorry you should take a fucking hint my man like and also not to mention like if you're at that point you know you've you've done fucked up like you know like, <laughs> done the, fucked the, up. The, the the tsunami of twitter warriors and social media you know justices they're they're coming and there's nothing you can do to run from that fucking wave Oh, and, and, you know, it just doesn't help those that are, uh, you know, less fortunate looking because I feel like everybody that's involved in these disgusting scandals are just, just, they literally all look like Jabba the, Jabba the Hutt. They're just grotesque, slimy individuals. He, he, he fits the same category in terms of like features and looks as Harvey Weinstein, just like a few years younger. I just I don't get it. If you're the GM of a professional sports team, like why do you have to be so slimy and like creepy? Like, dude, just have I I don't know. I, Plus, I don't know in all these pictures, like, it's the fucking it's the goddamn Mets. That's all there pictures, is to say. He's wearing like Nike Air Maxes and he's wearing cargo shorts and shit. Like, grow up, Peter Pan. You're general manager of a of of a major league baseball team. What are you doing? On on that note, though, I'm thinking about bringing cargo shorts back this year. 2021, the year of the cargo shorts. No one's gotten head in cargo shorts since Nah, my man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, change it. let's go ahead and move on, close things out for tonight. We've got some buzzer beaters. Thomas, why don't you close us out here, kid? So I saw this on a commercial the other day, and my buzzer beater is Reese's. Because Reese's had recently come out with a Reese's cup that now has pretzels in it. And wow. that just rubbed me the wrong way. Like wow, you don't you don't Reese's, do pre- you don't do chocolate and pretzels? I, I mean, I, I, I don't wanna knock it until I try it, I guess, but it just like it, it's just them doing too much because they started making the larger cups and then stuffing them with Reese's pieces and like don't fix what's not broken. Harry, you like Reese's covered pretzels? Alone, unbelievable. 
Yeah, like, you know, I'll, I'll have one, like, once every five years, you know. Yeah, I'm not uh, asking so you no. if you don't so want no. a bag. Psycho. <laughs> uh, it just it just threw me off guard. Like, what are you what are you trying to do? Because I've never been a fan of the Reese's, like, fast break or all the derivatives. It's just, get, give me that raw shit, that, that regular... OG Reese cup. That's all America's I need. America's a scary need... place, Tom. When we were growing up, we had Oreo uh, cereal. Yeah, that also that was that's not good either. And Cookie Crisp. And <laughs> Cookie Cookie Crisp. <laughs> wow. Um, all right, showing our age here. All right, Harry, what do you got for us? So, have you guys seen the new head coach for the Atlanta Falcons? McGiddyus, dude. He okay. First of all, the guy's name is Arthur Smith. Just a quick FYI: Arthur Smith's dad is the founder of FedEx, who is worth five point four billion dollars. Oh, which so brings he needs to one that job. Point. What? Yeah. What? I mean, good for him for kind of climbing the ranks to a head coaching position. But like, what billionaire son do you know that got into football like this guy has? First of all, he went to Georgetown. He's smart. He's real fucking smart. Uh, yeah, he's but got brains. He's, he's been putting out these videos about, like, you know, I'm so excited to be the coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Here's what we're going to do. This guy could not be the, a more vanilla, boring fucking hire. So what does that tell me? The Atlanta Falcons are going fucking nowhere. He was the offensive coordinator in Tennessee. You don't have to be, like, some, you know, offensive guru to be, like, drawing up plays. Like, all right, we're going to hand it to Derrick Henry who was the MVP of the league, who also rushed for 2,000 yards this year, to be like, like I don't understand how that really makes you qualified to be a head coach. Not to Let's mention be honest, too. The Tennessee Titans be, are so overrated. Well, that's you know a topic for another day. We can wait till Shakes is on to, to at least defend himself. But, I mean, the guy could not be a more vanilla, boring person. I'm selling the Falcons even more than I would have sold them this year because they were <laughs> ass. Are they truly? Are, say, that's a are there truly pick. no better options? Uh, that's what I'm saying, man. Like that. You go I'm trying this, to think you, off the top of my the, dome. Who's like a? Coach, you go through the coaching carousel, and you could probably go and and I don't know if like Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma is is on in the market to go to the NFL. It doesn't really seem like it at this point. Um, but man, like just the just the vote. Like just the could not be more more boring and vanilla on camera in his talking. He literally puts anybody to sleep. If I was a fly on the wall for any team meetings gonna be happening this summer and in, into next fall, bland half the half the room is gonna be fucking asleep during these team meetings, guaranteed. That guy looks like he tastes the same as communion at church. Just just dry no, and shitty. Just dry bread. <laughs> I was actually pretty surprised they moved away from uh, their interim coach, Raheem Morris. He kind of got the troops rallied a bit, and uh, I, I was impressed with him. But you well, know, I don't, well, I don't, I don't make those decisions. Which is, which is, it, is it is interesting though that that the new head coach's father is worth more money than the owner. <laughs> you don't see that every day. And the whole team, essentially. Yeah, actually. Well, thank you as always for joining us tonight, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not already, check us out on Twitter 
and on Instagram. Additionally, make sure to click and subscribe both on iTunes and Spotify. We want your subscriptions and we want you to stay up to date on our weekly released episodes. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. And to play us out, Little Wayne and Robin Thicke, Shooter. Later. Peace. I come from the south, but when I open up my mouth, all bullets come out. Bang, die, die. I hope you bleed late. I'ma play X-ray, helping y'all see the fake. I'm just trying to be the great, trying to get a piece of cake. Take it off your plate, eat it right in your face. They got a whole lot to say, but I don't listen. Call me automatic wheezy bitch. I keep spitting pop. All these bitches and all these bitches, ain't no daughters around. about you. Baby, win, lose, and draw. Yeah, and then they ask who, when, where, how, and.